There's no rules! Welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast here in the studio at Franklin Bridge. I'm Jack and this is Scott and we were uh, we were talking a little bit <laughs> before the show. Our topic really ties into what we're about to talk about, but uh, we took a take once and I was just like, man, we're professionals at this now. Like we're good. And then I immediately the was like, reels. I'm Scott. This is Jack. And we're to, <laughs> yeah. to my side. Um, but I think that's just like the perfect way to kick off what we're going to be talking about. But before we do, uh, we want to thank our sponsor Strixon, who you see, uh, the new ZX seven Mark II uh, driver right behind me. Uh, I got to hit it a little bit when I was in here. Yeah, we'll have to do, when my stuff comes in here in the next week or two, we'll have to do a uh, what's in the bag because oh, it's, definitely. it's wild. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. But uh, stay tuned for that. But we just want to thank them for uh, supporting our game, and they do everything that they can uh, to make sure that we got the best tools to do the job out on the course. So, Scott, you've got a fun little bag that's going to be coming up here when you get your clubs. You got a fun little assortment, but we'll save that. Yeah, we'll yeah, save we'll that. save that. I can't wait to share it though. It's gonna be fun. So thanks, Rickson, for sponsoring the podcast. And um, I guess let's go ahead and roll right into it. Uh, actually, no, we gotta talk about your books. Your books are on Amazon, yep, the Champions Playbook and Golf Decoded. Yep. So make sure that you guys go over to Amazon, and uh, the links will be in the description of this episode if you are uh, listening on or and watching on YouTube, and then it'll also be in the description of the episode as well. So take a pause, uh, go ahead and, and take a uh, take a look at the links that will be linked in this episode, and uh, hopefully you guys can shoot lower scores. So. What are we talking about today, Scott? Well, you know, it's um, we talked about the expanding team in some of the last couple podcasts, and uh, it's great to have an awesome team. And uh, Elijah and I were talking about some life stuff and uh, golf-related things, and um, you know, a little bit's just kind of who we are. Uh, you know, I, I don't think we're just golf instructors. I think part of our job is to help people improve themselves as they improve their golf game. Because as they improve themselves, they improve how they learn, how they perform, how they handle stress. So, you know, it's kind of an all-together all type thing. So we were just kind of chatting as we were setting things up yesterday, and Elijah said one of the most profound statements. And for those that are just tuning in, Elijah is my golf course strategy specialist, um, club fitter, and he also helps in a lot of our camps and clinics. So um, he's wonderful at what he does. You should go spend some time with him. But um, what he said was this. He said, the moment you start living like you have it is the moment that you've lost it. 100%. And, you know, it sounded a little bit like Dave Ramsey, you know, being in Ramsey country here in in Tennessee, but is this idea of, we put up this facade. We put up like, oh, man, I've done it. I've gotten the promotion. I've gotten the job. I closed the deal. I, My game is here finally. Like, look, I shot this great score. Um, this happened in Cracking the Code some this winter, which we can talk about. But, like, they get there, and then it's just human nature to relax and make mistakes. And we assume that that's going to be the state all the time. Whereas what got us there, we have to keep going. And I see this happen with a lot of high school kids when they finally get to go to college. Uh, college players when they win their first tournament or they qualify for the first event or first couple events. Like, everybody's got a threshold at which you start living like you've got it and you end up losing it in that very moment. Like, it's the first purchase. It's the, you know, that sort of thing. When Jordan Spieth first won out on the tour, like, he kept his same car for 
old car for a year and a half or two. So like he didn't buy a new car right out of the gate, which is to his own benefit to not do that. And um, it's not only a dangerous place to get into from a personal thing, from a personal life standpoint, but gosh, it just ruin you. You just get off this road and like you get discouraged and the whole thing falls apart. So um, curious as to your take. I mean, you're doing that with real estate right now. And um, I'm sure you see people do that, like in the way they live, like the types of homes they want to buy. Like, can you really afford that? Um, and it's just this idea of don't put up a facade. We've done this in previous podcasts too, right? You can't fake it till you make it. Like there's, you either do it or you don't. Yeah. And I think that, um, with real estate, I can't necessarily speak to any of like my clients, but like, it's just for me. Mm. Um, it's definitely been interesting as I've crossed, I guess the, the rookie mark, like I'm in my, my sophomore, my sophomore year in real estate. And so it's been it's been fun to, to keep at it and keep going. And I've done well for myself so far, but, um, I think that's one thing that I love about my team is they're just continuing to, uh, just have me want the best for myself. And I think that is, um, that's helped me when I close a big deal or two and you want to let let off the gas. And there's kind of like this, this balance too, between like getting your flowers per se and, and like celebrating the win but also knowing that that's not the end, right? And you have to keep on going. And yeah. So I think that's the balance. I think what we'll get into is, for example, like Tiger, like one of his, uh, what was it, like the 99-2000 season where he won like four majors? He won yeah, uh, three, one, uh, two majors. No, four he majors. Had, he had his grand slam, but it wasn't all in the same right, year. Right, 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 right. And then yeah. – um, and won, what was it, like eight times that year? It was something a crazy like that? insane Maybe number of times. More? I think it was like 35% percentage um, that year. So it's like, how do you, how, even if you're performing at like the top clip, how do you keep on going and realizing that you haven't reached your peak? Yeah. So. And I think sometimes like it's, it's not that you don't buy stuff, right? Um, like obviously super successful, got a whole bunch of money, doesn't mean you don't buy yourself something nice, but like yeah. there's a difference between, does your stuff have you or do you have your stuff, right? Mm. Like, all right, I have control over this um, when it comes to stuff. It's the same thing in relationships, right? You know, we talked about this. A lot of times what happens when people get married or they've been dating for a while is like you let your guard down. Like, okay, I finally got them, right? We, we both got each other. We're so excited. We're finally getting married. The first year is great, and then things start to struggle because you stop doing the things – they got you there. They got you there. You yeah. stop pursuing each other. You stop responding to each other. And you just kind of sit in your own nature. And I find that the ones that grow the most are the ones that continue. Adventure doesn't always mean you got to go do extravagant things. You know, is it continue to push and continue to move forward? Um, you know, we've talked about Saban on here a couple of times. Like, his thing was, you know, Coach, what are you doing after the win the national championship? Like, hey, we're celebrate. we got 24 hours to celebrate, and then we're back to the grind. There's also something to be said, too, for having a mindset that is, like, not not settling, and, and but but also learning, right, and not beating yourself up for making mistakes, too. Yeah, it's, um, that's such a weird tension sometimes. You know, people tend to fall on one end of the spectrum, right? You know, you can continuously beat yourself up, or you can you know, only celebrate all the good things, right? So there's a, we did that, what was that juxtaposition of self-confidence and... Self-improvement? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it was. I think that was that's a while ago. That's one of our early podcasts yeah. together. Yeah, it was, it was like, like one twelve or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something way back. So if you can search back that far, that's a fun podcast. But it's that weird tension of like, how do I celebrate the things I'm doing well, but simultaneously notice my weak points and either offset them through some structure and through team building from people around me uh, having accountability. Or just work on those things. And that's the road to mastery, right? Like, mm. I think we have to understand that we're not going to find it overnight at anything, whether it's golf, whether it's an, another skill that you're learning, whether it's your yeah. career, yeah. right? So many people, especially in, in my generation, they'll be in a job for like two or three years and say, I just, you know, I'm not making as much as I want or I'm not like, you know, I'm not at the place where I want to be yet. And it's like, dude, you've only got three three years under your belt like success takes a long time and i think that that success too is measured on an exponential curve right i think you have to grind it out for so many so many years and then you hit a breaking point where you just break through right so i think we'd all be kidding ourselves and and sometimes the moment where we want to quit is the moment where the breakthrough is going to happen as well yeah i i think um one of the things uh that hank used to say he used to say um the success always happens at the intersection of preparation and opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that you have control over is being prepared. Look at things. Could you go about it a different way? Do I, you know, okay, <clears throat> I was successful to get to here. What have I been doing that's got me there? How do I need to keep going? Uh, asking, you know, coaches, friends, mentors, family members, whatever it may be, depending on your situation, like, am I still chasing or have I settled? Have I, have I, pump the brakes a little bit of it, let my foot off the gas. And, you know, one of the things that I think is a compliment to both of us um, and to the people I have around me that have really helped me continue to push and grow is like, I like to go. Like When we go to the mountains, we don't just like go look at the scenery. Like we like to go and go. Like that's easy for me to just keep going. The danger for me is like, I'll just start spinning. I'll start doing stuff and being busy rather than actually being productive. And so is, am I living in a way of like, okay, I just want to enjoy where I'm at and just like, just chill. And there's, there's a balance. I need to do that. But I think in our current culture, I think we tend to fall on the, on the like, well, okay, this is just hard. I'm just going to sit still. Like, no, we got to go and we got to solve the stress. If you have a lot of anxiety and stress, guess what? There's probably, you're probably creating it. You're not solving the problem. There's so many uh, easy distractions. That's what it is. And and I'm so guilty of that in my own right, in my own times as well. And it's kind of like, well, I wish we could go back to early 2000s where it's like we still have the the convenience of the internet, but we got to try a little bit harder to get it. (laughs) You know, like you got to go sit down at the desktop computer. You know, you got to go and do that. and so, uh, you know, there's definitely been some amazing things come out and come out of technology, and I'm not denying that. But there's also some self-discipline that needs to be practiced in that in that arena. You know, it's funny that you use the phrase self-discipline. We, um, our uh, internal marketing director, um, uh, Blake, uh, we call him the chief people officer too. It's kind of neat, just the way he cares for people and relationships. But he got this drone in for a lot of the footage and stuff that's going to be shot of lessons and of play and et cetera throughout the year. And he's like, all right, I need to parent myself here. 
I have a whole list of things I need to get done. I'm going to get through this list, and then I'm going to play with the drone. Because otherwise, if I start on this, I'm just going to continue to do it. You know, part of being an adult is learning how to not just let your natural kid desires just run free. It's part of being a kid and being a child. It's like you're not expected to be totally responsible for everything all the time. But as you're growing... And as you grow and improve, we want to be there. It's like you know, people are like, just stay the same. I was like, in what world is that a good thing? Never change. Actually, I hope I change. I hope I change for the better. I hope I become more gracious, but simultaneously more tough and more strict. I hope I become, you know, more kind and loving, but also hold my standards up higher. I hope I work harder, but also learn how to relax better and learn how to engage. Like, to stay where you are, you're either moving forward or backward. You're not standing still. Never, ever, 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 ever. I just don't know what happened. I do. If you follow a pattern, there's a pattern to the decline. There always is. We just don't see it a lot of times because we're too close to it. And it's why the best players in the world have coaches. They have personal trainers. They, like Their job is to help keep you afloat and to keep you moving forward. And if you have somebody on your team who's pulling you down that way, look out. The whole team's going to come crashing. Something that just came up for me as well is um, I know there's been times where I feel like, man, I've got it. And, like, I want to do – I just – how do I phrase this? More like I just need to know what to do. Like, tell me what to do and I'll do it mm. kind of deal. I think there's something to be said for people who, who try and achieve success so much, so much, so much. They think they have it, but there's always something more – Right. There's always something more. And so I think that's when you have to surround yourself with with a good team, with a good coach, with a good mentor to push you down that path to success. It's almost like you're in a jungle with a with a machete trying to slice away the vines. And it's really hard. You need somebody there who who knows where to go, who knows how know how how yeah. to teach you to level up. Right. And that's, I think, another thing that's that's tough. And it's easy to be like oh, well, I have it, all right, I'm just going to sit back here and just continue doing the things that I've always been doing. But if you're not living the life that you want, then there's something else out there. Yeah. There's something else to learn. <clears throat> I think one of the, um, probably the biggest dangers, it kind of ties into this, it's a little bit kind of an off an arm in its little detour here, but is, I completely lost my train of thought, um, this is always fun when this happens on a podcast. <laughs> um, but it, in trying to, we live the way we start living like we have it and we lose it. It's like we start living like we have it because we think that that's going to be the thing that's going to make me happy. That's going to yeah. be the thing that Yeah. if I can just get to – whenever I hear somebody go, well, if I can just break 80, if I can just do this, if I could just get my teammates or my coach or whatever to do this, if I could just – if you live in a if I could just way of life, you will never, ever find satisfaction or happiness. You have to learn to be where you're at. This is one of the things my mom used to do as a personal trainer is like you need to love who you are, where you are before we get on this fitness journey. Like imagine something happens. You get injured super bad. You lose an arm in an accident. Am I content with who I am? Am I confident who I am? That doesn't mean I have to. I'm going to stay the way I am. Can I forgive myself, be where I'm at, and say, all right, I can go forward? There it is. Yeah, there it is. Now I, I can like, move. You've got to be where your own two feet are first. If you can't um, enjoy it. Because guess what? Somebody's got it worse. Yeah. 
and they're way happier than you are. Yeah. How is that possible? And it's possible because they've learned to be content with what they have and be thankful. Thankfulness solves a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Thankfulness and discipline. Gratitude. Yeah. Does a lot. And plus when you get those next things and you earn those next achievements and you have those next successes and you have those successful moments, what happens is you learn to see them as they are. They're just moments on a much larger journey. You know, it's interesting. Um, over over Christmas, me and uh, and my girlfriend, we went to go visit her family for Christmas, and we were mm-hmm. going to a wedding in in Texas for New Year's, and so um, the whole time, you know, we knew that wedding was going to be super fun, right? But like, have you ever had a moment where you you hype up the experience so much, so much? I just can't wait to do this. I just can't wait to do this, and then you get there, it's done, it's over, and you're like, oh, like that's it. But Part of the excitement of an event is the anticipation of it right. as well. Right. And so that whole time, I, I made a, a promise to myself a, a couple years ago saying, I will never wish time away again. Like, I will never mm. wish that time goes away or that, you know, if I, I wish I could just, just fast to, forward to yeah. this part of time, right? And so that whole time. With Adam Sandler. It, yeah, there you go. Exactly. And so that whole Christmas, Christmas time, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to be where my own two feet are. I'm really excited for that when it comes. But... I'm, I'm going to be where my own two feet are and be excited and let that excitement be a part of the enjoyment of that actual trip yeah. too. And, and it made everything so much better. Yeah. So keep talking on that point. I'm going to have this book back here. I hadn't thought about it. This is my first time I've ever gotten up in the middle of a podcast. It is. Yeah. Actually, maybe not. We used to, uh, we used to do like some, uh, some like exhibits back. and some, like some teaching lessons. During. I'm sorry if all you see is my legs right now. Cause they're so long. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> we uh, have our Cracking the Code uh, end-of-season party tonight, and so I was doing some reflective reading and got The Pro by Butch Harmon. Yep. And then um, – Which you should read. Which, thank you for my copy. You got yeah, me a copy. It's yeah. phenomenal. So keep chatting. I'm going to find something – find the right side. I'm going to find something out of here um, in Mastery that I think really hits home at the point I was just talking Yeah, that, that – that's – such a, a cool book too, Mastery. Um, just that's something that I use professionally as well, and just the art of mastery. And um, there's a certain humility too that comes with mastery, and, and just the understanding that you have to break yourself down before you can build yourself back up, and that you'll never become a master at something if the ego is there. Um, and so it seems like you found your spot. I'm I'm excited to hear what you say, but um, one thing that really sticks out to me and what I read every single week before I start my work week is there's a, there's a quote from, I believe it's from this book. And it says that we must, um, we must stop resenting our masters for what they know and who they are. A lot of times you'll, Ooh, you'll get we jealous. Cause we want to be there. Yeah. You'll get jealous of them and you'll be like, man, it's, you know, you're not that good. And, and yeah. it's just realizing like, Hey, I'm going to stop resenting you so that I can learn from you and really take in everything that I want to learn. Well, and that was Jamie George hit at that, right? Like if somebody upsets you, like you're hitting on one of their, their spots, their soft spots. Somebody did that to them, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, but it's actually really early in this book. It's page 17. Um, in this opening section, he says, how do you best move toward mastery to put it simply? You practice diligently but you practice primarily for the sake of the practice itself. Yeah. 
rather than being frustrated while on the plateau of learning, talks about plateaus and learning is just a natural state of learning. Uh, you learn to appreciate and enjoy it just as much as you do the upward surges. Without getting so, uh, like, you know, religious, do you think that, and I know that you and I are, are believers in, our, in ourselves, but yeah. do you believe that that's like those experiences and the way we're supposed to experience those is like a God-given experience, like a God-given path in the experience? Well, I, I think like scripture, because, scripture speaks to it a lot about learning to be content uh-huh. in every circumstance, wherever you're at. Yeah. And if you can't do that, then you're never you're looking for all of these other things in the world to satisfy you, and they never do. I just find that interesting because when you talk about success in business, it seems like you plateau a few times before you really make a breakthrough in fitness. Right, it's, it's super common. You, you're going to plateau a little bit before you really hit your peak. Right. In your but, golf game, right. it's the same thing. So it seems like there's a pattern it's, here. It's learning to live in that, like, continue to work in that flatline moment when nothing seems to be getting better. Yeah, yeah. And he goes on to talk about three different types of people in here. You have the dabbler, the hacker, and uh, I can't remember the other one. Uh, but he goes through three different types of ways that we kind of start on mastery. You know, you've got um, – let's see if I can find one of them. I'll read about one of them here. Uh, this is the one of current America's. This is America's war on mastery, the path of endless climax. It's like, give me the next, give me the next, give me that, give me that. We just keep like taking the next hit. Like, give yeah. me another hit, give me another hit, give me another hit. And yeah. it's like, man, that is one of the most unsatisfying lives that you can live. People yeah. think that it's great, but it's really not. Um, That's a danger in the real estate world. It's like, <clears throat> let me just get a close. All right, now let me get another one. Let me get another one. It's like, instead, let's focus on relationships and consistent building. Like, right. That's... Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's not about the sales. It's about taking care of the people. And right. if you don't have that involved right. first, and that's that's going to be your detriment. And <clears throat> I see this here in the book. Yeah, so the dabbler is somebody who, uh, he says, the dabbler approaches each new sport, career opportunity, or relationship with enormous enthusiasm. He or she loves the rituals involved uh, in getting started, the spiffy equipment, the lingo, the shine of newness. When he makes his first spurt of gr- progress in a new sport, for example, the dabbler is overjoyed. He demonstrates his form to family, friends, and people he meets on the street. We know these people, right? And we all have elements of these, by the way. We're not mm-hmm. all like either just on mastery or we're in the others. We run the risk of being one of these. Yeah. He says uh, he can't wait for the next lesson. The fall off from his first peak becomes as a shock, or comes as a shock. The plateau that falls is unacceptable, if not incomprehensible. His enthusiasm quickly wanes. He starts missing lessons. His mind flips or fills up with rationalizations. Right now we're in blame mode. We're not taking ownership, right? This really isn't the right sport for him. It's too competitive, whatever. The same thing applies to a career. The dabbler loves new jobs, new offices, new colleagues. The dabbler has a long resume. A long resume doesn't necessarily mean that you've got a great resume. Because you're the person who goes from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing to thing. And guess what? When I hire you for that job, you're probably here for at most two years and you're gone. And there's so much wisdom that comes with staying in a certain task or practice or career. Like there's so much wisdom that comes in that. But it, and it requires um, Carl Jung. He says in here calls this uh, this type of person the eternal kid. Though partners change, he or she stays just the same. To mm. our point earlier. Dude, this is such a good topic because now we can get into just like the dynamics of 
of people's past and how they get hung up on things and why they are some of these things could be from from past experiences that they might not even have any control over. So it's like now we're talking about fundamental changes in yourself, whether you need to go potentially to therapy to solve something or, you know, uh, uh, get over this preconceived notion in your head, you know, work on mindfulness. Like there's so many things to like level up. It's funny when he talks about the dabbler, I didn't expect him to when he does this. Like I'm thinking, all right, we're on the path of mastery. So I'm like, I'm thinking work, I'm thinking skill, maybe even parenting a little bit. Like I'm thinking types of things. He goes, uh, in love relationships, perhaps an unexpected place to look for the signs of mastery, but a good one. Oh, yeah. The dabbler specializes in honeymoons. He or she revels in seduction and surrender, the telling of life stories, the display Mm. of love's tricks and trappings, the ego on parade. When the initial ardor starts to cool, he starts looking around. Mm. He or she starts looking around. To stay on the path of mastery would mean changing himself. Mm. That's a great point because love, it's like all – it's – like the lines are out, like the stakes are high, like the highest they've right. ever been. So it's like you really see people's true colors in that way. And like this is, you know, tying back, you know, we've talked about Jocko a good bit on this podcast yeah. is taking total ownership of everything that happens to you. And there are times yeah. we are victimized. Things happen to us in life, but we still have a choice on what to do with it. I mean, one of my favorite um, motivational speakers, he's also a Christian, but like, Wonderful motivational speaker, uh, his name, uh, Nick Vujicic. He's born without arms and legs. No, he's literally okay. just a torso, and he's a motivational speaker, goes all over the world and speaks and talks, and he's dealt with his own depression and, like, suicide attempts and, you know, sure. just, like, life. Talk about despair, right? Can't have a normal life. He's married. He has kids. Like, it's – he's learned how to make – the greatest of something and so what we end up missing when we're all on that path of constant climax let's win the next one let's win the next one let's have another win let's do another win let's do another win it's let's have this next big thing is you end up getting to a place where you don't actually end up appreciating anything i think that those people reach transcendence and and some of us go through our whole entire lives without reaching that transcendence right and transcendence i guess for anybody who's unfamiliar with like that concept it's just being being completely in touch and in tune with yourself and the world and your your belonging in the world and how how that affects you and and how that affects other people and and i think that those people um you know inky johnson's another one who like comes out and talks about talks to the the vol football team for a while he had a big uh football incident and he he couldn't play in the nfl even though he was a generational talent it's just interesting how those people with the most setbacks in life in this case physically become so much more mentally okay with their with their situations because quite frankly they don't have a choice right it's either that or they end up just being miserable and they bow out and life's just miserable and yeah you know and i can understand how people get into those spots yeah and you know it's um i had a guy come in today for a first lesson he's an 11.6 handicap used to be a 7.2 and I looked at him when he came in, and it's a 90-minute first session. I said, so what do you want? <laughs> so, well, you know, I was kind of thinking about, you know, kind of want to be back. I mentioned my original handicap. I was like, what do you actually want? Well, I'd like to be a, you know, I feel like I'd like to be lower than that, maybe a five. I was like, come on. Like, let's, what, like, 
tell me what you really want. All right, we're going to go sub five. So we went with that, and I let him hit balls, and like we started working on it, and he got hitting it really good. I looked at him, I said, here's the thing. You're underselling yourself. Yeah. I truly believe this about his motion. Not every 11 can be a zero. But I said, look, if you stick with this process and stick with this program that I'm going to put you on, and we're going to get you there, you will break par in the next 18 months by the time you turn 36. You know what I hear in that, too, is that I'm, I'm really working on this for myself is speaking in absolutes. No, I think, you know, I think I might want to do this, you know, or I, you know, I think I'm feeling this. It's like, no, like be unapologetically yourself. I want this. I would like that. Um, no, I thinks. And what I hear in that is like, well, you know, I think I, I just, I want to be lower than that. It's like, you're afraid. You're afraid. Right. You're afraid of failing. You're what do you afraid want? of not doing it. Now, like, we will have to then deal with, like, are you able to put in the time? Yeah. Are you willing to put in the work? Do you have yeah. the financial resources to be able to do this? Yeah. Like, Figure out everything in your – all of the variables, figure it out, and decide what is achievable based on everything in that circle. I, I actually have them set the goal first. Like, I want that. All right. Can we get that? Yeah. I think we can. I was like, do you, I mean, it's going to be depending on how many rounds you play. It's like, I play like 50 rounds a year. I was like, man, that's one a week. That's plenty. You can do it. I mean, he'll have almost 100 rounds in by the, a year and a half from now. Like, the chances of him as we begin to work together to shoot under par are actually fairly high. Yeah, yeah. But if I had somebody who was like, hey, you know, I want to shoot under par, and they were a 10 handicap, and I was like, well, how often do you play? Well, once a month. That's not realistic. Now, in four or five years, it's realistic. Mm-hmm. But in one, not nah, in two, yeah, that's a big stretch. So it's learning. I like the goal first, and then, like, can we achieve that? Because then we can begin to agree on, like, resetting that and reframing that. You know what we call that, too? And, I, geez, I'm bringing real estate in a lot in this podcast. It's like That's a, okay. I kind of brought it in on purpose. We, we call that an upfront contract. Yeah. It's like, Scott, you know, we agreed to sit down here. I and forgot you told me about this. This yeah. is so good. It's so I good. love the way you put this, and I wish – I'm starting to do it, but not – Y'all listen to this. This is fantastic. This is a very simple example. But the killer of most relationships is not did you do what you said you were going to do. It's the expectations. If, if expectations aren't met, you like let's just say it's you and your partner. You might do something yeah. and think you accomplished the job, but your partner might not be impressed with that because they had different expectations. So if you can ex- establish the expectations up front – Agree on a timeline, and then when that timeline comes, figure out, did we meet what we said we were going to do? And so what that looks like is, hey, Scott, um, you and I decided that we were going to come out here and shoot the podcast. I've got 30 minutes to do that. Is that still okay with you? Or is that is that what you have, we have an agree- well? Like I told you, I have a 4 to 5 o'clock. Exactly. I can start at 4.15. Exactly. And then can you say, yes. It's like, great. Now we are both on the same page that we've got 30 minutes. And if you have to say – it protects both of us. If you say, hey, right. Jack, like I've got to leave. It's like, dude, it's only been 20 minutes. Like You said right. you had 30. Or if I go over, you're like, hey, man, I already said that I had, I had 30 minutes. I'm going to back out. Right. It establishes the expectations and gives both parties the ability to feel comfortable mm-hmm. within that space. Yeah, no, and it's, it's actually protecting us because we're getting close to that time window right now exactly. yeah. for me to start that next class that I have. Um, but, no, I, I really like the agreements uh, understanding, and I, I think – I think real estate is a wonderful one. Anytime you're looking at any sort of big purchase, if you uh, Rebecca did it with buying a Tesla and cars, it's like yeah. 
people are making big life decisions. Getting married, yeah. giving, you know, yeah. uh, getting your first job out of college. Is this is this a direction I really want to go? Like, take those things seriously. Am I doing things that lead me towards where I'm wanting to go? And can I also, once I set those goals, jump in and enjoy the journey, enjoy the practice of becoming the thing that it is. Don't just wait till you become the thing. Like, like live in a mindset that you're going to get there, but don't live in a, like, I already have it. Like, no, you have to work to get it, but enjoy the process of getting there because it's going to be way harder than you think it's going to be. Here, Always is. Here's my last comment for, for this podcast is, uh, see right there, upfront contract. This is my last one. <laughs> That's cool. Um, if you are... If this podcast has resonated with you at all, or if it's raised some questions for you in your own life, my one piece of advice, and I know it's hard taking it from a 25-year-old, but try and level up your emotional intelligence. A lot of people will call it your EQ. And if you're unsure of where to start, literally Google it. EQ podcast, emotional intelligence podcast. There's a lot of people who are uh, mindset experts or people who, who can read people real well. Therapists even have some podcasts as well that are really worthwhile to listen to. But if you can level up your emotional intelligence, that will then teach you how to interact with other humans. And if you can do that well, I truly believe that you can find needs, meet them, and really bring value in whatever area you're going to be mm. in. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think that's that's wonderful. I, um, this idea of if you start living like you have it, it's the moment that you've lost it. It's this uh, in Ramsey's terms from a financial standpoint, it's living below your means. Um, because guess what, trouble's coming, and we make mistakes. It's human to err, right? It's human to err. Um, but is take a deep thought reflection. I've been journaling every day as a part of doing 75 hard, which that's another podcast that's coming next week. We'll talk about that. Um, but I've added that to my 75 hard. I have to, I added that piece to it for me journaling. As if 75 hard wasn't hard enough. I know. I know. <laughs> Rebecca keeps asking me, did you have a hard day? Like she's just been, she's just, <laughs> she's just letting me have it. Did you have a hard day? Um, but anywho, with that said is like the thoughtfulness, mindfulness of like, don't just go for the next big thing. Be okay sitting still. And uh, I'm on the wrong side of the thing. But be good sitting still, being where your feet are, um, and don't live like you have it because mm. it is the moment that you've lost it. You I can thank it. Elijah Tackett for that because I'm about to go give a ladies golf class with him right now. I love it. I love it. Well, we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, as always, Scott's two books, uh, The Champion's Playbook and Golf Decoded, are on Amazon. The links are below. Thank you, Strixon, for sponsoring this podcast. I've got the ZX7 Mark II driver right behind me. If you guys would like to get fit for the new fairway woods, new irons, new wedges, uh, give Scott a text or an Instagram DM at Golf 2 ss 2 es uh, love to be in with you guys today. Excellent topic, Scott. Thanks. Excellent topic. Last quick note for sure. Shrixon. Uh Before March 31st, if you buy a driver, you can trade in your driver. So you get your trade-in value for your driver as is on the market. Okay. And you'll get a $100 bonus towards your driver. That sounds like a pretty good deal for me. I mean, you can't get a driver better than that. So uh -huh. we've got we've got a Shrixon demo day coming up, and you can see Elijah as well. So love that. get that driver in your hands. I mean, it's do you know You're what not going to get is? a deal. Next. Uh, it's March 19th. That's a Sunday 
from 10 to 5. You can find that on our schedule or just go to franklinbridgegolf.com and you'll find that. Love it. And if you've listened to the end of the podcast here, you deserve to know when that is. So from Scott and Jack here in the studio at Franklin Bridge, it's been the No Mulligans podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Peace. There's no rules. There's one rule.